Okay, good morning, everybody. Well, it's difficult to uh, do the normal things that we do at this time. Mirza Hashem, Zuchos of our learning, our tshuva, our tvila, our tzaka, will help bring about Gulos and Yeshuas. So the shir today is called the, the Moon's Argument with Hashem. And it's a well-known Chazal that Rashi elaborated on by Gemara uh, and Chulin. So uh, I'd like to take it up. So basically the Pesukim say it's in this past week's parasha, and it's actually relevant to today's Rosh Hashanah. So it says, it talks about, uh, Hashem said, let there be there should be these uh, luminaries, this differentiate between night and day, and so on. And then it says, Hashem made the two great luminaries, right? The two great luminaries. So the big luminary to rule in the day and the small luminary to rule at night and the stars. So there's an apparent contradiction, which it's not that big of a contradiction, but you know, Rashi picks up on, other Mepharshim pick up on. On the one hand, the Beresha of the Pasuk said, the beginning says, there's two great luminaries, two big luminaries. But then it goes on and says, the big one to rule in the day and the small one to rule in the night. So are they both big? Or is one big and one small? Okay, so you used to say, some Rishonim say it means the two big ones. And within the class of big ones, one is bigger than the other. It's like a plain way. There's, there's a lot of ways to explain. But Rashi cites uh, Medrash. He says, Shavim Nebru. They really were created equal. They were created equal. They were both gedolim. But the moon was made smaller because it complained and it said it's impossible to have two kings to use the same crown. Okay. And there were stars, Rashi adds in, because of the fact that he lessened the moon, so he increased its uh, hosts, its accompaniment, stars that go along with the moon at night, in order to, um, I guess, assuage its uh, mind, to calm it down. Okay. So, I mean, so obviously this is hard to understand, right? But basically it's depicting that it starts off by saying because he actually originally made two more. But then because of the moons protesting, he ended up changing it to to the Mara Gadol and the Mara Katan, to one who made the moon small. Okay. So, so let's see the Gemara, which the, upon which this is based. Okay? Okay, so the Gemara is like this. Now, just to, pre to preface, so the Rebbe gave a beautiful share about this, D118, Kiddush HaKadosh and the Rashba in his, in his, Kiddush HaKadosh, so it's called, yeah, his book on does also takes this up. And um, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach from them, but um, they're both excellent, and you know they don't need my whatever. But I'm going to I'm going to talk about a little bit what I what I'm doing differently, and you know. 
So I'll borrow a little bit from, from each of their approaches. All right, so the Gemara says like this. It's Chulun Samach Ahmed Beis. So it's a Rishulun Pazi, Rami Ksiv, Ayasa Lekim Hashem Ha'asak Dolom Yachsiv, So the contradiction. Contradiction between the Pesach Are they both big, or is one big and one small? Amar Riyach Fnei Kadosh Baruch so the moon said to Hashem, Hashem, is it possible to have two um, two kings which are using the same crown? So go make yourself smaller. Because I said something good, I have to make myself small? Doesn't seem fair. So Hashem said... So you you go and rule night and day, right? If you look at uh, sometimes in the daytime you see the moon, so the moon is sometimes visible night and day, but the sun is only visible during the day. You'll never see the sun at night, right? So Rashi says Nachamahi is trying to console the moon. So Amrallah, the Amrallah, the moon said, "My Rabu say, what's the big deal? What's the, what does that help? The Shagavatiya Ramayani, what does a candle and the light do?" The moon, yes, we see it, but it doesn't do anything. You just see it. Yes. That doesn't help. Okay. So Hashem said to the moon, go, the Jews will go and, um, I guess, count you their days and their years. So we have, the Torah, the Jews have a lunar calendar. So the whole calendar is uh, works by the moon, not by the sun. Right? So therefore, you've got an advantage also. I'll, I'll even things out. So Amrlay, the moon said back, Yomanami, So the sun also is involved by the um the tekufos. The equinoxes, all the seasons are based upon the sun. And we have leap years because uh the sun to align the lunar year and the solar year. So don't it's not it's not like this moon is saying it's not just me. I'm not the only one who gets to have our calendar based upon uh upon me. The moon sun's also involved in a lesser role, but it's also involved. So it's still not fair. Right? Okay. So so the Shem says, Zil Likrut Vishmacha. We'll go, don't worry, Tzadikim will go and be called by your name. Yaakov Hakatan, Shmuel Hakatan, David Hakatan. Okay, so all these Sadiqim are called small. Yaakov is small, the small Shmuel, the small David, Moon is small. So don't worry about it. It's okay. There's other small important figures. Right? So um don't be upset. Okay. So as perhaps could um be predicted, Khazia de Lokamyasvidaita. So Hashem saw that that wasn't working. It wasn't appeasing the moon. It didn't uh, didn't quite cut it. So it says, Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, Heviu Kapara Alai Shemati Esenreach. So Kibiyachol, there should be a broader bring a Kapara for me, an atonement for me that I made the moon small. Okay. So by the carbon musaf of different holidays, we bring a sayer alchatas. It's a goat as alchatas. So by the by Rosh Chodesh, it says Sayyir La Hashem. Sayyir La Hashem. Why does it say Sayyir La Hashem? Um, I'm sorry, La Chadas La Hashem. 
So it specifically says La Hashem by Rosh Kodesh, not by the other ones. So why does it say that? So this Sa'ir should be an atonement for me, the fact that I made the moon small. So that's why it's a Salah Hashem. It's so to speak a Kapara La Hashem. It's not just a Kapara for us. Of course, the claim shot is a Kapara for us. Right? Like the Kapara is a Kapara for us. But so to speak, somehow, saying it's a Kapara for Hashem, what Hashem do wrong that he needs a Kapara? Oh, he made the moon small. Okay, that's the end of the one. Okay, any questions? Yeah. God is giving a karma to itself. Yeah, so that's, I guess, the most egregious of the problems, which is that it's how could it be that Kachbarakhu can't make a mistake? Right? Obviously, he doesn't need a kapara, he doesn't make mistakes. We make mistakes, we need kapara. How could you possibly, possibly insinuate that, um, that uh, the Hashem needs a kapara? Right? Okay? Anything else difficult with this, Gemara? <laughs> okay, good. So obviously the whole thing is hard to understand, right? I mean, the moon moons don't talk, right? And they don't complain, and this whole dialogue is, uh, right? I mean, obviously it's not meant to be understood. Like, I'm shocked. The moon's not arguing and doesn't have feelings and arguments and all this, that, all these things. But... You know what? What then is a teaching, right? Yes. Okay, good. You I mean if this is the way Hashem wanted to do it, why not do it that way originally? Or if Hashem at the end wants to bring a kapara, then put it back the way it was. Make two big ones, right? Right. If Hashem wants a kapara, he could fix it, right? But he didn't choose to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I know it's interesting. The son's sitting on the sidelines, just watching. Right? <laughs> He's happy he didn't speak up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been the moon. Huh? It's interesting that I don't really know how to answer this, but it's interesting that the the, the Bavli doesn't have what Rashi has about the stars. Right, it has the whole dialogue, all the things Hashem said to appease the moon, but it doesn't bring down the star thing. Right? The Rashi, it sounds, you just read the Rashi, it sounds like ultimately the moon was appeased by giving him the stars. But that's based on the Medrash, the Medrash Rabbah. But it's, I think, Medrash Rabbah. But, um, but that's not the way the Bavli has it. The Bavli has an ending up that the moon kind of Hashem admits, so to speak. Right, but the Yishada again, the, the Medrash, which Rashi brings down, has it that the, the moon ended up being a piece. Okay, or at least Hashem did the star, the stars, right? Hashem's throwing all the things at the, at the moon and didn't do the stars. All right. Yeah, that's the that's the drasha that it's like Hashem made the fatas. Oh, so Hashem? Well, because normally Hashem doesn't need kapara, we did. Hashem, but it's always, it's always oh. to, to Hashem. Hashem so oh, but the drasha is that it's like Hashem that needs a chata. Series of chatas la Hashem, so to speak, obviously it makes sense, but that it's as if Hashem needs the kapara. It's not just a kapara for us, that we're offering it to Hashem, but it's like a chatas for Hashem. So the other chatas are not. 
No, this is the one that's brought on Rosh Chodesh. So this is like Rosh Chodesh when we see, I guess, the small moon or whatever. It's like a moon-related holiday specific. So on this holiday, which is a moon tied to the moon, where it's when he chose, speak chose to bring his kapara, we're making the moon small. Yes. Whatever that means, yes. Yeah, so we're bringing it, obviously, but it references that idea somehow, right? Again, it's hard to even say this. I Rebbe gave this year, he said this, like, they say, like, the Pasuk says, of not for the Pasuk saying it, you couldn't say such So he said, Chazal wouldn't say this, you can't enunciate it. It's hard to say these words. Hashem needs a kapara. Sir. So, I mean, obviously, it's, a, it's some sort of metaphor, but you know, we have to understand what it means. But, yeah. The kapara? Oh, where? In Pinchas? Oh, okay. I didn't look at that. Good so, what does he say? Let's see. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I didn't look at that. Does he explain that? I'd say, yeah, I didn't think to look there. Yeah, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the plain shot, he says, is because because it's an avera that has no idea. They don't know about it. You don't have no idea about it. It's like a sin which is totally hidden. Only Tashem. That's the plain one. Why it says Tashem here, not by all the other ones. But the Medrash is because of this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, these are full of you. Just get the car on somehow. Good question. Good question. Uh, you find out, you let me know. In the model of the piece, of course, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, it sounds like it has an Maybe it helps a little bit. No, and the Shir Rebbe brought up, I don't have much to say about it, but this we say on the uh, Kiddush Havana, there's, um, it says, um, yeah, he wrote to the Fanatha Shalakai Shemalos, Pekimas Halavana, Beleva Shemia. So it may be or will that you'll um, complete the deficiency of the moon and won't have any deficiency. The moon of the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. Okay, and so on. Right. Okay, so maybe we'll take that out. What happened to the night time? What? what happened to the night time? Oh, I don't know. Good question. Good question. They're both sad. They're both sad. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the whole conversation, all the steps. Yeah, all the steps. Right. Yeah, each step is hard to understand. Yeah, the hardest, the, the strangest is the Yaakov Akat and Shmuel Akat. But that didn't work at all. So the moon didn't even have to say anything to object to that. It just didn't, you know, Shem just saw that it wasn't working. Right? So, but Shem tried it. Right? Yeah, okay. So, so just as a, um, I guess as a preface, so, um, Again, I can't. I can't possibly do it justice. But just to reference you to Rebbe gave this this year, and again in broad strokes, Rebbe learned that it's a marshal. Okay, it's, it's a metaphor, and the sun. Again, I'm not gonna just telling you a little bit about it, but you have to listen and come if you want. It's great year. So the sun is rep- represents like the forces of practical existence. Well, it's like the laws of nature, the practice.
tactical, political forces of the world. This tied into Purim, like uh, Haman and whatever. And the moon represents the forces of what he called real existence. Maybe it has to Ashkafa Pratis, or like the ultimate true metaphysical existence before God. And there's like a marshal for, it's a metaphor for how kind of in this world, the practical forces seem to um, ultimately, you know, reign supreme, but ultimately forces the metaphor of true existence, the real existence, ends up prevailing, and Mordecai ended up prevailing over Haman, and lots of love of the whole world will be in line with that. Something to that effect. Again, yeah, you have to look it on your own. But basically, it's um, the way Rebbe's taking it is it's like a um, total metaphor, right? A total metaphor, I mean, in the sense that it's nothing to do with the sun and the moon, per se, right? It just, it's a metaphor for something else, which is like, like metaphors often are, right? The, uh, the Rashba took a different approach, which is, he has this thing, uh, he has an often, uh, he talks about it a few different agadas, he has this thing, which is like, let's all kind of create these stories. Again, you have to look on your own, I'm just referencing it, but you create these stories to allude, to teach you certain lessons. They, they teach certain ideas, important ideas through crafting these stories. So like, for example, he says, in this story, he says, one idea is, is that the sun, the moon, the stars, people worship them. Or maybe philosophers thought they had this like in, eternal existence alongside of uh, a God, like an Aristotelian type of view. And through creating the story, it becomes clear, it's depicting that Hashem created the moon and the moon and the sun have the form which they have because of Hashem's ratzon. It could have been different. Hashem chose, so to speak, to make them in this way. So by, in a certain sense, it, it, it puts the sun and the moon and the stars, bodies which are often worshipped or viewed in different ways, in a context that they're in the broad. So that's like one benefit of creating a story like this. It helps teach us the proper way to relate to that. And then it goes in more at length, it teaches us another idea that a person who's in, power, in a position of power has to be concerned about the midas hashva. I think that's the Russian news, like of equality, treating things equally. So the you know, underlings, so to speak, Hashem's underlings, the sun and the moon, which with which he Mishamshim, you know, rule the world or you know help direct the four things in the world. So Hashem is so to speak trying in the fullest way to appease the moon to make sure things are equal. And a person who's in a position of power should make sure that those people are under him should be totally fair reasonable and justifiable and answer the dinas back and forth and so it's like he's saying a lot of the story is depicting teaching us the importance of that mita. okay and um there's some other some in passing he mentioned some other points which i'll get to i'll get to a little bit later but but the point is is that it's like, uh, it depends on the first i mean it's still a kind of notion god is the one who's Yes, creating them. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And he's saying, so that's kind of what he's saying is that Hashem made it that the sun and the moon both have their important roles. The sun gives the light and it's uh, whatever, it's the Baragadol, but the moon has a very important role in Kapara of Yisrael. And Yisrael is like the foundation of the uh, existence of the world, the whole purpose of the existence of the world. We only exist because of Kapara. The Kapara comes from Rosh Chodesh, the Kapara is often Rosh Chodesh, so he, so to speak, evened out the roles of the sun and the moon, right? 
And it teaches us that lesson about the importance of taking such a midah, such an approach with those who are there. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so so, I just, so again, they're both excellent. You know, I, I recommend everybody look at those, those uh, both of that shira and that brush. The, the approach I want to take is, you know, incorporate certain elements in them, but in general, I like to take the Agatha's like this, or in general, Rashi's, Madrashim, in a certain sense, like I guess you could say, as literal as possible. Okay. Of course, you can't take this literally, but to be like, to me, again, this is my preference, is it's hard for me to take it as a metaphor because it becomes open ended for me. I don't know what a metaphor for it could be, the world of possibilities. And I don't know, I feel like it's, you know, I'm, I'm speculating to, to figure out what, what it could be a metaphor for. So in general, I try to hug the story as, 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 un, as, as ridiculous as it might sound, as best as possible, okay? So in other words, that it's actually talking about the sun and the moon and teaching us about Shem's creation of the sun and the moon and depicting being Doresh the Psukim which are describing how Hashem created the sun and the moon. And as if there was like some sort of original plan of how he created the sun and the moon and then a secondary plan or different factors, if you will, which are going into the creation of the sun and the moon, which are being brought out through this story. So it is a metaphor. Of course, the moon doesn't talk, but it's kind of depicting like almost like a dialogue through a dialogue, competing factors which are going into the, the, sun, the sun and the moon. As if, so to speak, in some sense, it would be better the way Hashem originally did it, that there would be two, two, two mores and dolem, but yet, in some sense, that's not the way Hashem ultimately did it. But he brought a kapara for that, because there's, like, there's a tension, if you want, between the two different ways for the creation to take form, and the medrash is depicting if you will, a um, you know the through and through this the story form the different factors and arguments which went into so to speak whether there should be two great luminaries or there should be one big one one small. Okay, that, in broad strokes. Okay, so so let me digress and tell you about uh, something in the morning of Bukham that Rabbi gave a, a very nice explanation for, which is seemingly irrelevant to this, but I think it, it comes in. Okay? So, in Noron Vuchim, in Book 3, Chapter 45, it's in the Friedlander edition of Space 356. So, the Ramam's describing the, it's in the, the category of the mitzvahs, the Tamiya mitzvahs about the Mishkan, Mikdash Mishkan. So, he's talking about the Kruvim. Okay, I'm talking about the Kruvim. And he says... I'll just read you, it's not very long. But he's talking about the reason for the Kruvim and the fact that there are two Kruvim. So he says, from the preceding remarks, it is clear that the belief in the existence of angels is connected with the belief in the existence of God. And the belief in God and angels leads to belief in prophecy and in the truth of the law, the Torah. In order to firmly establish this creed, God commanded to make over the ark the form of two angels. The belief in the existence of angels is thus inculcated into the minds of the people, and this belief is in importance next to the belief in God's existence. 
it leads us to believe in prophecy and in the law and opposes idolatry. Okay, I'll pause for a second. So we're saying is that the belief in angels is very important, which we talked about more earlier. The Vua is based on angels. The Torah is based on angels. And therefore, in order to make sure we have the idea of angels, we have, he made these Kruvim in order to teach us uh, this idea, which is very important. And also, and opposes idolatry. Now he elaborates on that. If there had been only been one figure of a, of a cherub, the people would have been misled and would have mistaken it for God's image, which was to be worshipped in that fashion of the heathen. Right? It would be like an idolatrous image. It would be like a god. It would be one cherub. People would say, oh, that's God. Or they might have assumed that the angel was also a deity and would thus have adopted a dualism. Right? So they may have thought, no, Hashem is Hashemayim, but that's another god. Right? That's the god in the temple. And then there's another god in the sky. Two gods, two gods, a type of dualism. Okay. By making two Kruvim and distinctly stay declaring the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Right? Moshe clearly proclaimed the theory of the existence of a number of angels. He left no room for the error of considering those figures as deities. Since he declared that God is one, and that he is the creator of angels who are more than one. Okay, so he's saying is, Hashem is one. These are two angels. Right? So you can't say this is the representation of God because there's two of them. And we know there's only one God. Right? Okay, so Rabbi asked a question, which is that why don't you say, like you see that somehow we had this possibility if there was one this is the obvious question when you read it. But if there was one angel, they'd say, maybe that's God, or maybe God's in heaven, and this is another God, right? So I, but it says, so I don't know. Somehow they would, even though it says that, you would have been able to tolerate dualism. And somehow there are two gods. So then maybe similarly, these two angels are the, the dualism. Maybe God's in heaven, and then these two angels are the two gods. And that's also dualism, right? And how does it really. Once you see the Ramam entertains the possibility of dualism, which is a type of Odazara, so then, likewise, maybe these two Shkruvim are two gods, not two angels, right? Okay. So, briefly, again, I don't, I don't mean to get deeply into this, but, but briefly, he wanted to say is that dualism, he, he elaborated on this a little bit, but the dualism is like a belief system which is like there's two forces. There's like the force of good and the force of the evil. And there's like, he's saying it's based upon like things affect you negatively, things affect you positively, and you project them onto the universe. Like there's like the force of good, good God, and the force of evil. And there's like, uh, you know, different, and it's a, a, pre a prevalent view in the ancients and pagans of having this idea. They take all force of good and project them to the good God and force of bad and the bad God, something to that effect. And that's kind of the nature of dualism. That's the, the there's, a, there's an appeal to dualism. But he says, you're not going to have dualism of two identical gods. Because what does it do for you? You have two identical gods. The whole idea is like they're different. They're, they're based upon two different parts of your psyche and you project different types of images, feelings, attitudes of these two different gods. And you're not going to see two identical groovin that doesn't appeal to the idea of uh, dualism. That's not two gods. So what is it? So it must be, it's angels. Okay, so it's like, it's almost like the Torah was, 
struggled, wanted to, Hashem wanted to teach the idea of angels, but the same way prevented from falling into an uh, uh, idolatrous opinion, you know, view. And therefore, by creating two identical Kruvim, he pointed to the idea of angels, which have multiplicity, there's different types. And at the same time, you still retain the idea of Shemaisa Hashem Okay, fine. Well, my point in, in, in this is that the one thing I want to take from here for now is that the design of the Mishkan, and I think the Rashba talks about this also, this is Pasha, that the design of the Mishkan was largely, exclusively, I don't know, a major, one major factor is to teach us ideas, right? The different parts of the Mishkan reflect different ideas, ideas about Agadosh Baruch ideas about angels, ideas about Hashem Sashkacha, the source of Kapara, and the source of knowledge, and Israel. I mean, every facet, it's like, um, like a, a museum, if you will, which conveys ideas, different ideas, foundational ideas about, uh, about Hashem and uh, you know, tour guides of the museum, we'd be like, but going on and we're teaching you all these different ideas. So the Mishkan is, is a place of, of uh, growth. It's a place where we go in order to grow, to learn ideas, to get in touch with the ideas about Hashem, about Krubim, avoiding about the Zara. Okay. So I guess now my question, moving away from there for a minute, is, was, is, the, is that also part of the design of the universe? Okay, in other words, Hashem made the Mishkan, and the Mishkan is there largely to teach us ideas. Is Hashem's creation, is the way Hashem set up the Bria, the universe, is that also designed to teach us ideas about Hashem? Or is that not? That's nothing to do with it. That's designed for us to live in, so to speak. That's not to teach us ideas. Okay. So, so let me read you a Rashi, a Rashi in Dvarim, which indicate, may indicate that it's not. Even that's not the considerations in the, in the Bria. Okay? So the Pasuk says, this is Dvarim on Dalit Yutas, 419. Last you will put, look your eyes up to the heavens. You'll see the sun, the moon, the stars, all the hosts of the heavens. And you'll be drawn after them, you'll stray, you'll bow to them, and you'll serve them. That Hashem gave them for um, to all the nations that are under them. Okay? Distributed them, gave them, apportioned them, apportioned them. So what does it mean saying that all these heavenly things, Hashem apportioned to the nations that are under the heavens. What does that mean? Right? So Rashi says, to stare at them, to gaze at them, and to be drawn after them. As we know, the heavenly bodies are a source of great idolatry. Sun is worshipped by many, many cultures. Mitzrayim, even in Egypt, I think even the one, the, the, the Pharaoh who got rid of idolatry still had one god, which was Ra, and the sun god. So the worshiping of the heavenly bodies or both is kochavim right? And that's what we call about the Dara. Stars and uh, right? all the zodiac, all, all the whole world of idolatry is the, you know, the heavenly bodies. Okay, so that's what saying. Lest you look up and see these things, that Hashem apportioned to give us light. 
So Hashem gave us these things really to give us life. But we could run the risk of looking up at them and not realizing that they're there created by God to give us life, but we could attribute to them power and uh, worship them. Dabarachar, what does it mean that Hashem apportioned them to other nations? Allahus, for gods. Hashem apportioned them for gods. Lo minna'an melitos acharayim. He did not prevent them from straying after these gods. Rather, he, I guess, tripped them up with his foolishness in order to harm them. So, saying is that, according to this shot, that Hashem created these heavenly bodies in a certain sense as a stumbling block. That it gives man the opportunity to say for Bechira, if you will. And it is tricky for idolaters. And it's Chalakasim Chalamim that basically put them there in a certain sense as a, as a test, if you will, or as a, a potential stumbling block for people, for nations of the world to worship them, right? Which is, which again, is indicating at least according to this shot, that in a certain sense, it's like Hashem knows that the heavenly bodies are not, not, not like the Mishkan, which is designed to prevent us and to protect us from idolatry. But on the contrary, it seems like it, in a certain sense, directs a person to mistakenly fall prey to idolatry. And we have to avoid that. Of course, that's a mitzvah way to avoid that, and Torah warns us to avoid that, but the nations of the world are tripped up by it. Right, which points in the direction of the fact that that's not really the plan of the creation. The design of the, of the universe is not really designed to avoid idolatry. Okay. Okay, so there's another Gemara, Mishnah and Gemara, in Avodah Zarah, which takes, takes us up a little bit also. So it's, um, you're probably familiar once I say it. So it's in Avodah Zarah, Nun, Dalit, Amphase. It says like this, the Zikanim, they asked the Zikanim in Rome. Okay? And the, the Gemara has it, the philosophers asked the Zikanim in Rome. Okay? So they said, in in return of Zara, if Hashem's will is not to have Avod Zara, Lama So why doesn't Hashem destroy Avod Zara? Similar to this point, there's like, why is there Avod Zara in the world? Hashem doesn't want Avod Zara. Don't write all Torah against it, just get rid of it. Who needs it? So Amrulahan the Cham said, if they worship things that the world didn't need, he wouldn't be Vatala, he wouldn't nullify But they're serving the sun, the moon, the stars. Heavenly, right? So what's he gonna do? Destroy the world because of the Shotam? Right? And um and I'm just going to snip a piece from the Gemara. Same, same version of the Gemara, but it adds on. The world goes according to its laws. And the Shotem, fools who make mistakes, they, they'll be punished, ultimately. Okay, so then the Gemara continued, the, the discussion continued. So the, these people, the philosophers, they asked the Chacham, and they said, So remove those gods which the world doesn't need, right? All the other getchkos or whatever that are not necessary for the world, right? And leave the other ones, leave the sun, the moon, the stars. I got it. You need the sun, the moon, the stars. You're not going to destroy those because of the fools who want to worship them, but 
Why do you need all the rest of the idolatry in the world? Why doesn't God wipe those out? So Amrullahan the Kham said, then that's going to strengthen the sun worshippers, the moon worshippers, and the star worshippers. Shomrim Tedu Shain also proved you their gods. All the other idols melted, and all of a sudden the sun, moon, stars are still intact. Oh, these are the real gods. Right? So basically, the, the takeaway, it seems, from here is that that Hashem's making the world in a way which is based upon Chach. Based upon Hashem wants a world where there's light, and there's day, and there's night, and there's all the different, um, you know, the, the world, the beautiful world which we live in. And now sun, moon, stars, and everything else, and all the different forces of nature, all of and sometimes that comes in conflict with his rut zone that there isn't a bazaar in the world. Right? But look, sometimes you, you can't you can't uh, save everybody. So their them are always gonna make mistakes. And it sounds almost like Hashem would avoid them, remove them, right? But what do you want it to say? At least that's a flame shot. It says, look, if uh, at least that's what they thought in the philosophers. If it were the case that they wouldn't worship these, that they, we didn't need these things, Hashem didn't need these things, then he would have. But he, this is part of all the Kinoganoic. This is the Chachma of the Priya. Yeah. Or, like the um, <clears throat> Mishnah, that whoever you were going says that God did not set up the world to. That's what I'm, that's what I'm discussing now. But yeah, I'm saying is and it seemed at first that he didn't because it says that he, the Rashi is saying is that he, you know, that he made these heavenly bodies in a way which trips up the nations. On the other hand, this Gemara, this Mishnah seems to be depicting that there's like a tension. It's part of his Ratzon, part of his will to prevent people falling prey. But at the same time, there's a more primary consideration which is that of the Olam Kimnogonoi, the laws of nature working according to their, uh, you know, their, their proper uh, Chachma, right? Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's like there is, the, this is implying kind of the other way, that there is, not necessarily God doesn't care about these things, but there's a tension. It might be the case that God cares about preventing about Zara, but at the same time, there's a more primary role, importance of the plan of the Bria, which is the beautiful laws of nature, which he set up, and sometimes that comes in conflict with the his desire to avoid a desire, but ultimately that wins out. Is that the world? Is there. You cannot have a sun and a moon and stars because there's going to be dollars. We're going to make mistakes. The world needs a sun and moon and stars. But there's another Rashi or two Rashi's, which I'm just going to talk about very briefly, which indicate that that is part of the design of the bread. And in a certain sense, I think it's mistaber that it would be. Why not? Hashem's making a mishkan to teach us ideas and to avoid a desire. Why? Wouldn't that be part of the plan of the Bria to prevent us from falling prey to Avodah? But the Rashi on the on says, "It's not this right. It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a partner." This is in Beis Yochas. So Lo Tov. So Rashi says, "This is a difficult Rashi in its own right." But it says, Why is it not good for man to be alone? Because then people are going to say, people, whatever that means, people are going to say that there are two authorities, two gods, two authorities. God is in the heavens and he doesn't have a partner. And man on earth doesn't have a partner. So if you made man 
alone without a chava, then people would, again, that's our part, who is the people, but whatever, people would call, creatures would come to worship, um, you know, man as a god. And similarly, by the past, another Rashi, it says, it says, uh, and Gimel Chafez is saying is that last Adam will eat from this tree and he'll live forever. And Rashi says, if he lives forever, that he'll cause the people or the Brios, the creatures, to stray after him and say he's a god. So basically, it's indicating that part of the design of man, there's like attention, if you will, by creating man who is so much greater than other creatures, there's a potential that he'll be worshipped. And as such, so that people don't think that, we don't think that, I'm not clear. Again, that's, there's a circular problem with things that, you know, who are we worried about exactly? But it indicates is that that's part of the plan of the Bria to avoid of Okay. Okay. Any questions? But yeah, yeah, man is a god, yes, yeah, so yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm saying here. It's like ultimately, I think that's that's the point of that other Gemara is that that's part of his plan, that is a factor in the creation, but ultimately, you can't ultimately please everybody, and you can't ultimately, he did whatever so that people wouldn't worship man. But you can't ultimately make it impossible. And you're not going to not make man or not give man itself, or can make man unique because maybe people are going to worship him, just like you're not going to make a sun, sun, moon, and stars because people are going to worship it. So there's like, whereas you could argue the Mishkan maybe has like a primary objective of teaching ideas and avoiding with Zara, giving teaching proper ideas. There's a primary objective in the world is the laws of nature, the, the, the great world which God created, the Olam Kimonogonoic. And there is a secondary factor of preventing man from falling falling prey to Zara, but ultimately there are going to be shotam, shotam fools who are going to make mistakes and be led astray by various creatures of the world people might worship humans people might worship the sun moon the stars and so be it that's you know you can ultimately prevent yeah. Yeah. It's yes would you say that um uh, according to the way you vision it that uh, person. The Ram describes the, the course of Avodah So he describes how started in the days of Enosh that ultimately people strayed after the heavenly bodies, after you know God gave them authority. And because of that, they started worshiping, you know, doing things towards them as emissaries, intermediaries to God. And then slowly, slowly but surely spiraled out of control towards worship of, uh, worship of them. So you see that they're a stumbling block. They are a stumbling block that's Almost by their nature, they are a stumbling block. The Torah is warning us against them, but it is within the nature of man to fall prey, and it's part of the bria that that does lead man astray, and that's part of man's bechira and part of the Torah is to prevent that from occurring. But that's the fact is that there are stumbling blocks, and I uh, so why does he have them? I'm looking on like more primary factor. I mean, it's is that. That God wants there to be a sun and a moon and stars and human beings and whatever. Yeah. I'm going to get to it a little bit later, but I'm saying, Asher Cholodem is saying is like, it's expressing the fact that the, the moon, sun, moon, stars are stumbling. It's acknowledging the fact that they are. 
created them to create light. On the one hand, the plane shot is like a kalak lamb to create light. At the same time, they are also stumbling blocks for the nations of the world. We'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so going back to uh Targumar. Okay, going back to Targumar. Yeah. So it seems that the sun is um the sun is a great is I guess is the is a, a positive. The sun is much greater about the Zara than the moon. Okay, the sun is more as a big, bigger history of being worshipped than the moon. The sun is a powerhouse, is a melech, and it's uh, worshipped like I was mentioning the triumph ultimately got rid of the Zara, then get rid of the sun. The sun is much more appealing than the moon. It does so much more than the moon. And the sun is a great stumbling block. All the heavenly bodies are stumbling blocks. I'm saying the sun is the biggest stumbling block of all because it gives us light, gives us heat. The night is dark and cold and scary. And the sun is the great savior, which gives us uh, is light, powerful. The moon is it? The moon is cool, but nothing like the sun. And you know, there's been there's a history of what the moon worship, but not like the sun. The sun is talking about the heavenly bodies being a mikshal, stumbling block, saying the sun is uh, the greatest of them. And, and I'd like to suggest is that the way that Hashem could have prevented that, could have prevented people from worshiping the sun in the way to the extreme which they did was through creating Shnei Maurasagadolim. Similar to what he did by the crew. If he would have created two suns, right? Two suns, they'd be called one of the moon, or maybe they'd be known as sun one and sun two, right? Then that would have made it much less appealing as an item of worship. Who wants two identical gods? It's not, you know, dualism again, they're different. But to have two equal gods, it just doesn't appeal to what the person is looking for. You have different gods, and there's gods of this, rain and lightning and thunder and that, you know, but just to have two identical ones, that would really counter or minimize the appeal of of the uh, Okay? But, and in a certain sense, there's something better about that, about creating the world that way. But the moon sent Hashem, which is again pointing another factor, so to speak, consideration in the Bria, which is that in terms of the Chachma of the Bria, that doesn't work. Like the moon says, you can't have two kings wearing the same crown, right? Which I'm interpreting to mean is like a government, a country needs a president or a prime minister, a company needs a CEO. Yeah. And um, any any organization needs a leader. And a leader is where the buck stops here and ultimately calls the shots. And in terms of the Chachma of the Bria, again, it may be you have to interpret this differently based upon the way old science looked at the sun as if it was like a intelligence, which was somehow ruling the world, or according to our laws of nature, it had a different way of interpreting it. But what I'm saying is suggesting is that 
that's not Chachma. It's the Chachma of the Bria, ultimately. It doesn't make sense to have two sons. You can't have two sons which are identical. Would it avoid about Zara? Yes. And that's the Kruvim, where the Mikt Mishkan is like a primarily to teach us ideas. And you have two Kruvim. What does the second one do? It, it avoids about Zara. Right. But that's not the, the Chachma of the Bria is to uh, design that the sun does one thing, moon does another thing, stars are different things. There's, there's different features uh, of our universe. But to have two identical suns would be, uh, would, is not in line with the uh, Chachma. Okay. So that, that's the moon is contending. That it, it's, it's not, that's in the framework of avoiding of the Zara, that would be best. But in the framework of the Chacham of the Bria, it would be redundant, the redundancy in the creation. And is redundancies lack in Chachma, lack in the beauty of the, of the system which Hashem is creating. And that, that runs, that's power, power, that's primary. Primary is saying that Hashem's not going to get rid of the sun and the moon because people are going to worship them. And he's not going to make two sons because that would be less, make it less prone to worship. Because it's redundant. You only need two sons, you only need two kings. One king works well, that's that makes more sense in a system of uh of law, the laws of nature. Okay, so Hashem said to the moon, okay, you're right, good point. So um you know have one big one and one smaller. Okay. So the rest of the dialogue I'm so, I'd like to suggest is we'll go through the particulars, is so to speak. Just because Hashem makes one sun, the sun big and the moon small, it doesn't mean he has to drop that problem altogether. But it's like he's trying to give the moon advantages over the sun so that it would help offset the appeal, idolatrous appeal of the sun. So yes, the sun is the great Maragadal. And there's day and there's night. Can't always be day. There's day and there's night and the sun is greater than the moon in a major regard, but the moon has some great things also, which would, so to speak, appease the moon. And offset, I'm saying appease the moon means offset the great draw that, um, that, the, moon, that the sun has. Uh, just to, before I do that, so as I saw it, it's interesting, Adasa Kanem on the Pasuk says like this, it says, how does it go? Um, we we'll say this in Keladon. Rav is concerned Halvana. How does El Karol Shemesh by Yisrachar? And he called to the sun, and it shone light. Rav is concerned Halvana. He saw, and he was in, created, fixed the form of Halvana. So it says Rashi. The Daskinim says according to those who gars in Rav Hiskin, the different gersos in that. Pirish Kach. Rav Shemisparach Shasidim Ahumos Olam Litos Achar Hashemesh. Hashem saw that the nations of the world are going to in the future. Stray after the sun, the lasos of the zara, amad v'tikein tzuraslavana. So he went and he fixed the tzurasal, the form of lavana, haroosam to show them she'ena shemesh aloka. The shemesh isn't the god. She'ish shemesh ha'ish shemesh acher. There's another shemesh. Hagan v'lakamo, which is proper and good, nice like it. So that's what he's, that's what he's learning. It's like the moon is not. Is in a certain sense there, or one of one of the functions of the moon is in this framework of a is to offset the draw of the sun. 
not obviously it didn't work entirely and the nations of the world ultimately did fall to sun worship but i'm saying it would have been worse yeah so which is the primary term dualism or or thinking of the sun as somehow the singular Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a dualism on the sun. I don't know. I don't know. Not, is, there, is that a thing? I don't know. Is, there, is that a thing? I don't know. Uh, I didn't think of that, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm saying the prime thing is avoiding the sun. The sun is the most one powerful God. God like thing is too dangerous and it had to be offset. And that's why he made Shtemos of it all. Right? Now, one was bigger, one was smaller, but it was important that there were Shtemos of it all. And yes, he had to make one bigger, one smaller, but there were factors which were designed to offset that. So the first thing it says is that the moon is always around, night and day. Always whatever, but it's night and day. So the sun, as great as it is, it goes to sleep. Right? And I think that's why this, I just looked at it before, but I forgot the details. But the Rashba says, yeah, that's why the Zagmar says it's important to Dalin. A person should always be careful to feel Mincha. Because Eliyahu, at Mincha time, he was part of like Baal, by that whole showdown of Baal. He was like, when it was coming Mincha time, is when he really put them down, knocked them out. This is, they were worshiping the sun. And as the sun is setting, it kind of makes you realize the power is uh, the sun is seeding, this is going into the background. And the sun goes to sleep at night. That's part of the idea of the Zaros is like, you know. They have their stages, and it rises, and then it sets. But God is So it's like the sun is only there during the daytime, but the moon is always around. So that was what Hashem is saying, is will offset the appeal of the sun. It's powerful, but it's short-term. The moon is always around. But the moon says, okay, nice idea, but the Shagavatirmayanis, what does the moon do at nighttime? You see it, and you say, hey, and the daytime, but you see, you say, okay, look, there's the moon. Okay. It's cute, but it doesn't, like, ultimately, it doesn't do anything in a way that will, doesn't help anybody. And the idolater is looking for it to help it. Maybe you see it, and you can appreciate that it's there, but it doesn't help. And the dollars are moved by, by a topless. Like, what does it do? It doesn't do anything. Okay. Yes. Yes, in theory, but ultimately it doesn't work. You know, the, the moon's taina is that's not, not it's not enough. It's not enough to count it, exactly. It's more power than Yes, 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 and that's, that's the argument. There is an argument there, but ultimately it didn't appease the moon. The moon's saying is it's not, doesn't, doesn't count it. So really not giving the moon power. It's about not ascribing supreme power. Yes, yes. Yeah, so then, then... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I might have missed it, but how did you explain the moon? I'm saying the main point is the moon is saying is is like I'm just making a point that it's not chachma. I'm saying a point is that it's not chachma to do it that way to have two sons, but uh, uh, there's still a problem. Like now you're making me small, but now you've got a problem. There's there's a reason why you wanted to make me big. I don't have a great solution. I'm just saying is like this doesn't make sense to have two sons. So you're making me small. Well, what about the problem? Like you, you wanted to have two big ones, so now I'm small, and now basically I'm getting shortchanged, and everyone's going to worship the sun. So that's like he, he's like almost saying you haven't really solved it. Like I, I didn't mean to just make me small. I meant to, I don't know, somehow figure out we've got a problem on our hands. 
Now he, he's continuing his argument. He's saying, is there anything you're going to do to me? It's depicting him as if he's personally interested, but it's like he's giving the argument to bring up the moon because that's important to be able to offset the sun. His argument was not, why don't we make the sun small instead of yeah. me? Because I'm the one who right. brought up the issue. Right. Because yeah, right. Yeah, right. So it's not like he's going to reverse it. It's not going to help the reverse. Right? He's not, I'm not saying that he wants to reverse it because that's not going to do anything either. And then he's just going to reverse on the moon and not the sun. It's called change names. What's the difference? You're right. His point is give me something else to help me have what I used to have in order to be able to offset the sun. It may not be that I'm going to be, I'm not going to be as big as the sun, but something. Okay. So then he says to him, so the next step is. He says, um, oh, the Jews will count the, uh, the Yamim, the calendar with you, right? It's interesting here, it's only the Jews, right? But, but I think it means is the moon is, like you say, we say by Kiddush Havana, that Hashem Arvah Rasha HaKim Rav Lasam right? Basically, when we see the, um, the moon is like the orderly cycles of the moon is allows us to make our calendar. And there's like others, we see the Chachma of the Chokhu's man Hashem imparted to the, to the moon. And like we, it's true the sun is powerful and impactful based upon its strength, its size and all that, its heat. But the moon lends itself to like the, the Chachma of the Kiddush HaKodesh, for example is primarily focused on the cycles of the moon and uh, our whole calendar is focused on the Kali Yisrael is uh, studies the Chachma and of the, the cycles of the moon and builds our calendar around it and therefore it's like when you when you think about the heavenly bodies not just in the framework of the light but it's also part of it is that it says well you right it says it's also for, it's for that. And then, it's also there for light. So there's a primary function of the heavenly bodies, which is to, to, be, uh, to enable man to, to make make calendar and to study the Chachma of the brother Bria and to build our calendar around that. And the saying is, is that the moon as like a, we have a lunar calendar, right? And therefore that's the Chachma, which is exhibited by the moon and the way that we build our lives around the moon and as Jews is helps undercut the appeal of the appeal of the sun. But the moon says back, the calendar is really both. The moon doesn't have an exclusive in that regard because the sun is also part of it that um, leap years are based upon uh, the sun, aligning the sun and the moon in the seasons because the seasons are based upon the sun. And if you only had a lunar calendar, the seasons are going to get off and then we're not going to pull the Shabbat and you're not going to have a face off being in the spring and all the, all the problems. So it's ultimately the, the, to the Jewish calendar is a, if you study it's a combination. There is a combination. Maybe it's more primarily focused on the Chachma of the moon. But the sun is part of the picture also. There, it doesn't have a monopoly, so to speak, on that. On that, And therefore, it's not going to be enough to allow it to offset. Yes, Alan? 
If the calendar, if like the Jews, because our calendar is built around the moon, so it like it can cause us to focus on the moon more than the sun, and that allows it like to offset the intense focus on the sun. There's like a framework where the moon has primacy, which is like our calendar. What? The authority of the sun. Yeah, the authority of the sun is reduced. Because, yeah. right, because, at least in the eyes of the Jews, right? The nations of the world, that's what we got to do. The nations of the world, the Chalak Shem But the Torah sets up our calendar as a lunar calendar, which is, again, it causes us to focus our attention on the moon. And the nature of that focus is based on the Chachmavet. But I guess yeah, this is both. I mean, it's mainly the focus. The focus of our of our mind's eye is on the moon because of it. Are you saying the fact that we focus on the I'm saying it, it takes away from the focus on the moon because it's not quite. A, it's not. It may be more on the moon than on the sun, but it's on the sun as well. So. Well, if we didn't use any compliment to think about the sun, that would be less of a bizarre for the sun. Like somehow. Um, I guess I'm saying that it's more the focus is the fact that we're if we are focused only on the moon when we we're living our lives and setting up our calendar and all that we only looked at the moon and not the sun then the moon would have a, a sphere which it had an exclusive on but given that this whole sphere of how we build our lives is based on a combination of the sun and the moon therefore it doesn't help so it's not enough to, you know. Yeah, I guess the Chachma is a little different. The really Yes. 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 Yeah. So that's what I think is ultimately, which it's getting to, the Kapara is also only for Bnei Yisrael. I think ultimately, that's why he's saying, Hashem Chalak Hashem Chalam. Ultimately, there isn't really a solution for the nations. The nations of the world, that's what it's saying, is they're going to trip on this. There's no real solution. There is a solution which Hashem is, gives to Kali Yisrael, which is, in theory, this calendar thing, but it doesn't quite work out. Ultimately, it ends up being because of this Kapara, which is, we have to get to. But, yes, yes, right. Yeah, the other nations through, right. And Lassid Lavo, maybe the whole world will recognize it, and the moon will be brought back up, and the same as the sun, and but yeah, it's through Kali. So yeah, the other nations are going to be through Kali. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then, so then it says Hashem said to the moon that Tzadikim are going to be called by your name. Yaakov HaKatan, Shmuel HaKatan, David HaKatan, right? So, so I was thinking that maybe that means is that the bigger isn't necessarily better. But it's true the sun is powerful and mighty. And David Amalekh was also weak, weaker than his brothers. But David Amalekh was the Malach, and he ended up uh, prevailing. And Kali Yisrael, as Yaakov Akatan is referring to Kali Yisrael and Shmuel Akatan, which is that there is an appeal to physical might and strength and Vura, but ultimately, that doesn't always prevail. And there is a, there's a, the moon has its own sphere of influence and has its importance. And then maybe the calendar is primarily for it. And all those other points, the moon does have, has things which the sun doesn't have, has certain advantages over the sun. And maybe it takes time, but you know, David Amalek wasn't recognized as the guy immediately, but then ultimately he did prevail.
and the Shmuel wasn't, uh, you know, maybe it was a medium, it's not exactly Bahana Davna, he'd be like medium, but he ended up being a great Shmuel. And Kali Yisrael is a small nation, but uh, we end up prevailing. And just because, you know, there is an appeal of, there is an appeal of, of pure physical strength, but Sadiqim are called by your name, which is that there's a, um, that doesn't ultimately, you know, not everything is based upon the physical strength. And a person who looks at the world, you see the moon also has an important role. In certain ways more important. But ultimately the moon wasn't impressed. Because while that might be true, that the moon, you know, there's the sun and the moon, and just because it's greater, it doesn't matter. But ultimately the mind of thy dollar is drawn towards strength, power, you know, the brightness. And that's, there is like a point that, for example, nowadays, where we've you know, risen out of our pagan mentality, the world in general, I don't think anyone value, you know, like has a, this primitive way of relating to the sun and not the moon. I mean, they're all parts of the, the brilliant. You know, some people like studying the moon, so we like studying the sun. It doesn't have the same draw. There is ultimately, in the long term, it doesn't, it kind of men moves away from that and not you're not just impressed by physical might but there's uh you can see more depth and see that there's sun moon stars all the different parts of the brain but the moon is saying is like ultimately at least in the initial stages of man's uh, evolution away from both zara the sun is much much more powerful and emotionally people are impressed by that and it doesn't help it doesn't help to tell me that, okay, ultimately people recognize the greatness of Tzadikim. And even though they're small, but they end up prevailing. That's true, but not, not enough to really solve the problem. Okay. So, so basically, Hashem, it's interesting. So according to the, the Rashi, there was another step. Right, which is the stars, which kind of, I don't, again, I don't know why the Gemara doesn't have it, but it seems like that's saying the moon might be much smaller than the sun, but the star, the night sky, has a different draw on the person. The sun is powerful, but it's the one guy during the day. But the night, the sky, has different types of it. You see, like, I don't know, so you see, like, the stars, the zodiac, all that. There's like, Competing. This is in a certain sense. Interesting. It's like better to have two competing over the other stars than to have one greater. Because one greater, and everyone's going to fall. Once you have already choices, they all have their different uh, mylas, and it allows people to not get fixated on any one thing. And then maybe you could, you know, take a step back and recognize all these things have a one source. The edge, yeah. So seems like the moon has teammates, so to speak, has the, so the hosts of the heavens, which when you look into the night sky, you see all the moon and everything else. But it doesn't seem like Agamara had that. seems like an Agamara Hashem is ultimately saying is, you're right. It's, it's a problem. And Hashem is saying, I bring a kapara for me. So uh, I think it, maybe it means that He's saying it should be a, I should bring a, have a kapara, which means like there is in this regard, there is a deficiency in the brain. In purely regarding preventing of Odazara, it really should have been Shnemar Zagadala. And there is there's, uh, there's something misleading to the primitive mind of having a Maragadala and a Maragadala. 
And by having like a kapara for it, it's like every Rosh Chodesh, we reflect on the fact that Hashem made the moon small, but not because the moon is not important and the sun is important and somehow there is more powerhouse. It's because that's the way the Chachma the had it, that there is a sun and there's a moon and there has to be, and they can't have two kings, you know, with the same crown. But like through like the, the, the fact that it's like depicted as Hashem eating kapara is as, as a metaphor, but it's trying to show like in th- this regard, we reflect on the fact that there was, it, it, there's something, there is a, a mistake, if you will, or a misleading factor of the Bria, which Hashem, so to speak, would have rather been different in that framework alone. But ultimately, like based on that Gemara and Abanzara, it's all coming out. Oh, like the primary consideration in the universe is the Chachm of the Bria. Primary in the, in the in Mishkan, it's it's not for a function of all the Gemara. It's there to teach us different ideas, and you have two group of them, and they're identical. And the, what are they doing? They're teaching us. But in terms of the Bria, ultimately, this took precedence, the Chachm of the, of the Bria, and there's it does create a deficiency if you will, and that's brought to mind by the um, by the Kapar Lasha. Is there no perfect solution is that part of the Yes. Surely that it's the act of will. Yes. Not necessity, and there's always going to have to be a human being. Yes, right. But by showing that it needs a Kapara, it's kind of showing that it's not that way because intrinsically God's, uh, the moon, the sun is the, the game. But it's because there's no, it's an, it's uh, the lesser of two evils, so to But it's an evil, if you will, and therefore it's saying, so to speak, I should bring Kapara. You know? And the Rashba learns, maybe related, not necessarily against this, but the Rashba learns is that by having like a monthly kapara, monthly karba, the kapara, he, he learns like this, that the existence of Klai Yisrael is, uh, 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 I mentioned this earlier, is like the purpose of fuel of the Bria. And Klai Yisrael needs to exist. We can't exist in Prahotem if we have hate without kapara. And a monthly mechaper comes back through the moon the holiday built around the new moon so thereby in the at least for the jews the moon becomes prominent because our existence and the existence of Yisrael and ultimately of the world is enabled by the holiday built around the moon so that's what he says is that the sun and this is how he, in his framework he learns that the mitzvah ashwash gave equal treatment to the sun and the moon the sun has primacy in like the physical laws of nature but the moon has primacy insofar as the existence of Kaisa. Because like we exist because we have Kapara. And every every month, that's what he's saying. It's it's not a kind he doesn't learn that Hashem needs a Kapara. He's saying like it's like um it's a kapara that I am not It's like you're bringing I forget exactly how he says it, but it's like the Kapara, you it's a kapara for Yisrael because he is Mimayat the Levana, because he made the moon small. So therefore, he's like red and remedying it by making the moon big by having a monthly kapara built around the holiday uh, of the moon. So that like gave the moon a focus. It's important. Every Jew knows that the, the, the looks to Rosh Chodesh is the old for kapara. So now that brings up the moon in, in our eyes and thereby offsets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Right, exactly. In other words, we're susceptible to closing anything small. Like, as far as our apple is susceptible. 
Yes, yeah, so that's the part the Rashba isn't saying. That's the part I'm, I'm learning. See, Rashba's not learning that part. Yes, right. That's Shehema Yeah. Which is, and therefore, yes. Yeah, the Rashba, that's right. Kalaisrol's existence is based upon the moon. And uh, the Kapara of Kalaisrol is based on the moon. That's part of his framework. But he's not learning. He doesn't have the whole, the part about the Vodzara is not like that. The moon is a more of a stumbling block to Vodzara. That's the part I'm getting. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a part of what he's saying. But he's not learning that part, you know? So. But I'm just saying, isn't it? I think what he's saying works well in this framework also, is that that's within the framework I'm setting up that, but it, which again, that's why they're not mutually exclusive. He's saying, is that there, there's a, but he's learning it to be equal because it's a good mita. I'm saying to be equal because that offsets the draw of a bazaar. So, which, uh, but um, they, I think they both be true, you know, but in the since he's saying, insofar as the mita being equal, equal treatment, he's saying this way and they're equal because now the moon has major. Element in the existence of Kali Yisrael. But so I'm saying that also would help offset the, you could also say in this framework, and the framework I'm setting out is that the idea of offsetting the draw of the sun for Kali Yisrael, for Kali Yisrael, and whoever we teach the nations of the world, that now we see, you know, having the moon have that role helps equal, equal, draw the equal amount. But, yeah. ברשכולה in leap years, right? I don't know where that comes from. Does anyone know where that's from? The Gronatzai? I don't know. So I just thought it's a funny thing. Like you just on leap years, you have a different uh, like what is that? Right? So I just thought like on, I don't know, just brought, I associated this, but you know, on leap years is the year where the sun gains power. Because the calendar, our, our, we have a lunar calendar, but on leap years, the sun impacts our calendar. And that's, you know, like in a certain sense, in those years, the sun gains prominence more so than the moon. So maybe that's more of a draw to the Rodzara of the sun. And that Kapara's Pasha, we need like a further Kapara in the leap years because of, uh, you know. What? Acknowledge the dominance. Yeah, right, exactly right. The leap year is because, as I'm just to spell out, the reason why we have a leap year is because if you just have a solar calendar, then you're going to be missing, um, the seasons are going to shift 11 days each year, each uh, year, and eventually you're going to end up having Pesach in the middle of the winter, and it's going to end up, uh, Pesach has to be in the spring, because the Omer, whatever, all different places. So it's like, in order to pay tribute to the, the sun, so to speak, to acknowledge the role, of the, because the role of the sun, then why are we having to leave here this year? Because the sun. So that's like, in a certain sense, playing into that, you know, so maybe that's why you need another kapara. I don't know. Twelve expressions. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, and then for thirteen on that year. Oh. Yeah, well, why that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why that? yeah. You're right. So maybe it's saying also, so lost in it's a tefila, and it's like ultimately Hashem will diminish, you know, make the moon great again. But it means that 
And which is, we're already in this era where we move beyond this idea of the sun and the moon, and, you know, these types of things in general. So, but it's saying, and the world, the, the smallness of the moon won't be a stumbling block. And people will look at the sun and the moon and the stars based on the framework of Chachma, which is taught, taught the world by Klai Yisrael. And the world will recognize the greatness of Klai Yisrael and will recognize the Chachma, of, uh, the way they would look at astronomy, astronomy and astrology, if you will, to see the Chachma Sashem in it. And they'll say, okay, the sun and the moon are just two different expressions of the laws of nature. And they're, you know, sun is just another typical star of just, you know, billions and billions of others, you know, something like that. Just like expressed where? But expressed the very last thing. In the mind? No, that's in the in the um the tefillah that they say. Oh, and, uh, the pitch, uh, yeah, that. Uh, no, one second. There's another one. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not here. But there's a thing. It's like, oh, that well, change that steam on the Scottish Kamosa. You know that, that, that. Yeah, right. It's in that, right? That um, right, that Klai Yisrael is it's based on a Chazal, if you already know, but it's a Klai Yisrael will be Shem will be Ma'al Os like in Mechadesh the Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I guess what I'm saying is right, the advantage of people of polytheism or of having multiple draws of right, your energies over one central God is that, yeah, it's like it's not, you don't have the same att attachment to any one thing. Thereby, you could take a step back and recognize them all as coming from one source, from God. But if you have just one powerful God, that's like your all your eggs are in that in that basket, you know. Right. 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 Right, you I mean you'd have the sun would replace God. I mean, here, and since none of the all the gods are as uh, like a Kadesh Baruch, they all they all have limitations in their power. So when the sun goes to sleep, you need to look for some other god. But if the sun was like so much over, so overpowering over everything else, then you'd just be totally fixated on that, and then you'd never have a chance to pull out, pull away from. It. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. point. So again, so so this is just to clarify what I meant is that like I'm I'm taking this obviously as a metaphor, but it's like in some sense actually talking about the sun and the moon and the creation of the sun and the moon and what the Pasik is referring to. There's a the Ratzon in the Sukkim being expressed of Shnam Rasgadala. Hashem wants to be Shnarasgadala. At the same and in a sense it did, like the Das Kanim is saying is the moon is the the there is a pair but at the same time it had to be a and the medrash is filling out the nuances of the dual two aspects of the bria of having and so it's like it is a metaphor but it's 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 hugging if you will or it's it's trying it's tied to the shot it's talking about the sun and the moon and the plan of Hashem's creating of the sun. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. The factors built in, which are which are expressed in the psukim, like a commentary on the psukim and expressing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
So Rabbi Zimmer is mentioning is that ultimately we're bringing the cup. Because Hashem doesn't need the kapara. Ultimately, it's because of man. Like he says, the shotem shekilkalo. Ultimately, we have the bechira to avoid this. So we have to have the kapara to realize that there is a mistake that we're going to make by seeing the smallness of the moon. And we realize by recognizing that that's not the way it, so to speak, should have been. It helps us overcome that mistake. Yes. Yeah, make a point. Yeah. I'll sound like the primary plan would be tomorrow's Eidolon. What I'm saying is because in some sense it's still true. Like there still are the two tomorrow's Eidolon. Uh, but it's like it, optimally there's like a primacy like that plan would, that could pull it off. Future. In terms of the Chachma. And the future will ultimately be recognized tomorrow's Eidolon. But it had to be accommodated. So it's like the, depicting it as like the primary plan. But in some sense the primary plan is what actually happened. You know, and like the old you know, I don't know, it does end up taking, but like there is a framework in which that's the proper way to look at it. And that's the right way to look at it. Shem Rosalem, it's not really great, you know. But it's, it's two different vehicles which Hashem uses, like, you know, to serve the, whatever, the Hadu Vinyo Vinwaila and Yam Shanan, right? Yeah.